0: Thank you for joining us on the RP Experience Podcast. We're beyond thrilled to have you guys together to collaborate on this journey. Uh, We want to welcome one of our preferred partners, Tyler Moore with the Moore Lending Group, and one of our top producing agents here in Southwest Florida, Chris Lecca, with Downing Fry Realty. As you know, our goal with this podcast is to inform and stay connected, um, and what better way to bring you both together as some leading um, industry experts, you know, leading the pack here. Um, the What we're going to be doing with this podcast is obviously diving deep into the nitty-gritty um, of both of you individuals, not only professionally within real estate, um, but also personally and, and what you guys like to do outside of the works, uh, outside of work. Tyler, you're... Uh, if I remember right, you're from California and you turned Florida. So uh, welcome to the show and tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Chris. Thanks for coming out. I'm glad I can be here. Um, So yeah, I grew up in California. Um, I moved to Naples, Florida in 2001. My dad was actually in the mortgage industry. He's been in the mortgage industry for over 40 years. He was working at Washington Mutual and took a job transfer from California over to Florida. So wasn't too excited to move yeah. to Florida at the time. I love California, but looking back was the best thing that ever happened to me. Okay. So moved to Florida, went to high school here, graduated, went to the best college in the state of Florida, which is Florida state. <laughs> Noles. Um, did four years up there. And when I graduated, um, I decided to move back to Fort Lauderdale Okay. I had a lot of family and friends over there. Um, I took a job in the wine and spirits industry. I did that for about five years until I spoke with my twin sister, Brittany, who's been in the mortgage industry for longer than me. And she said, Tyler, w- what are you doing? <laughs> you need to make a move. Yeah. You need to come to the mortgage industry, work with dad, work with me. We have a great you know, gig set up for you. Yeah. And I made the transition. Um, so I've been with more lending group now for over five years I do business over in, uh, a lot of business over in the East coast of Florida business over here in Southwest Florida. Um, and I love what I do. So
0: yeah, you're back and forth a lot,
1: back and forth a lot. You know, my, my parents are still over here. I do a lot of business over here, obviously with Chris and some of the other realtors. So I love Naples, um, you know, the older you get, the more you appreciate it over here. I love right. coming over here with my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I am located in Fort Lauderdale, but like you said, I come right. back and forth all the time.
0: Yeah. Cause you have a family over there, right? Little one.
1: Yep. Which I have a little two-year-old son named Lincoln. Awesome. Um, yeah, he's, he's the, my, my real full-time job. So. <laughs> exactly. The loan officer is my second job. Yeah. <laughs> family first, <laughs> yeah. right?
0: Work second. Obviously you invited one of our top producing agents here, uh, in Southwest Florida. Uh, he's killing it. Uh, you've been doing what real estate since 19 years old, I think, right? Something like that. Uh, um, 18, 18. All right. Yeah, he's, so, cool. <laughs> he's already corrected. Right. He's already corrected. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Typical realtor, right? <laughs> All right, Chris. Well, uh, Chris Lacka here. Um, glad to have you on here. Now you're from up in the Northeast and then you turned and said, it's a little, probably too cold. I got to be down in Florida or I guess maybe your family said that. Right. Um, so you came down at what age? Uh, I was 15. Okay. Um, and, uh, what got you into real estate? Like, I mean,
2: 18 years old, you're pretty young. So, we're from a small town in Massachusetts and my entire childhood up until we moved here my parents owned maintained and leased over hundred rental properties and before we moved here um, I was like 13 we started coming to Naples to visit yeah and you know we kept coming down here and like you know Naples is beautiful and I was exposed to the real estate here and you know but again my entire childhood my parents were like were grooming me to like take over the family business of all these rental properties but then we came down here I loved it my parents loved it and I was a freshman in high school. My parents were like, you know what? What are your thoughts on moving to Florida? Like moving to Naples? What do you think? And I think they're expecting me to like, kind of like, you know, be like kicking and screaming about moving. I was like, no, let's let's do it. Like I'm not fighting you. Like <laughs> yeah. when do we leave? Like I'm ready.
0: Yeah, bags are packed. Uh, well,
2: that's just it. And like, so I was always exposed to the real estate, but the rental side. And then we started vacationing. I was exposed to the real estate here. I was like, you know what? This is if I want to pursue sales and be in real estate, Naples is the place to be. So I said, yeah, let's go. And we moved here. And then I went through high school. Graduated '09, went and got my license two months out of high school, just hit the ground running, and that was already shoot thirteen years ago, yeah, and or twelve years ago, and the rest is history.
0: Well, uh, obviously, let's dive in here a little bit uh, about what's going on in Naples in this current market. Um, it's unreal, right? Uh, it's it's pretty hectic. Um, days on market is pretty much non-existent. I feel like. Um, so first of all, Tyler, how is that affecting you and your business?
1: So the lack of inventory is definitely, you know, one of the problems we face, especially when I represent the buyers. Um, I pre-approve a lot of clients and they're excited, especially if they're a first time home buyer to go and purchase their first home. But when there's a lack of inventory, there's tons of competition on the property. Mm -hmm. So as Chris can allude to, if there's 10, 15, 20 offers on a home and you're not coming in either all cash above ask or even waiving an appraisal contingency, mm-hmm. you're not going to have the best chance to buy the home. Right. So we're lucky because the interest rates are very low. Right. And the lending has kind of, you know, uh, eased up a little bit after yeah. COVID. Yeah. But when there's no properties available, it makes it very difficult for, you know, clients to buy a home.
0: Yeah. I mean, how is luck get paid if there's no houses to sell? <laughs> how is that affecting you right now?
2: It's like the wild west of real estate right now. It's just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like what he said, it just, you know, you're probably rewriting like, you know, 15, 20 pre-approval letters with new addresses and new amounts, you know, all the time for the same buyer. Cause you just keep writing offers for your, for your buyers. And sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't. Yeah. And you no, know, it's got to the point too, where I have to educate my buyers upfront, especially if they're financing. I'm like, look, this, this is how it is nowadays. Mm-hmm. So I can't, I, I must admit too, I think since all this craziness started maybe eight months ago. I haven't read a, a finance uh, contingency offer. So if they're financing, I'm like, look, if you want to compete and actually buy a property, we need to write this as a non-contingent deal in financing. Right. I'm just telling you up front. like this yeah. is this, Otherwise, if you can't like mentally grasp that or you can't accept that, maybe you want to sit in the sidelines and wait for this market to cool down because you, you're just going to be spinning your wheels. Mm-hmm. And then the next issue is too, is the appraisals. So I tell them like, look, you know, the, these values have shot up so fast that these appraisals are not always catching up. So I say, look, you know, I know we're going to contract for this price, it may appraise for up to 10% less, just so you're aware. Are you able to bridge the gap? Do you have extra cash? You know, if we have to, I'm saying again, worst case scenario, but can you cough up the extra money to close the deal? So these are just like a conversation I have to have up front just to kind of educate them. And I know if they say no, I'm like, you know what, this, this isn't a market for you. This isn't a market for the week. And if they can, if they can swallow it and do it, you know, I'll work with them, but it's really important to educate them because otherwise everyone's just spinning their wheels. If you can't,
0: you know, if you can't compete with what's going on, you're just not ready to do it. You know, you're not ready to make a move.
2: Well, especially here. I mean, I feel like everyone's paying cash for these properties. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have people, investors, you know, there's people coming down here with cash, buying them. And I tell them, like I said, that's what you're competing against. Right. So either you look like a cash deal or like I said, just, I mean, don't do it. It's cut and dry. Yeah. The one
1: thing I will say about that though, is I feel like this market has caused lenders and loan officers to become masters of their craft. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. testing the limits every time. When I have a client that's in a competitive market like this, I'm reviewing all their documentation up front. I'm sending them into our underwriters to go through a full pre-underwrite through an actual underwriter so that when I present that pre-approval, or that DU approval to Chris or another realtor, mm-hmm. I could tell the seller on the other end, hey, this guy's already gone through a full underwrite. There's going to be no issues. Mm-hmm. And I need to do that to make my clients offer more competitive. Mm-hmm. So it's really made us step up our game because yeah. that's what you have to do to get the house.
0: Do you think all these, you know, this amazing market is going to create bad habits for the realtors?
2: You know, everyone's working hundred miles per hour is the issue. And I feel like, you know, either they're creating new habits or like you're just forced to work so quick. We don't have time to really think it through. Mm-hmm. And I admit that too. Like sometimes I'm like, if, if, if we don't go as fast as we can, we're going to miss out. And sometimes I'm like, shoot, we should have did this differently or did that differently. Or, you know, maybe we went in too strong or whatever, but it's, it's true. And this was also the year of the escalation clause. Never heard of that. till I got an offer earlier this year with an escalation clause addendum. I'm like, what the heck is that? And I'm calling my realtor, buddy's like, you know what this is or whatever, and trying to figure it out. And when I figured, you know what it was, I'm like, shoot, I'm going to start using this mm-hmm. and it's, it's worked. So what
0: um, is it? For some listeners out there that are not that are not aware of it,
2: you know, I actually really like this. So, you you put an offer on the house. Let's just say you put an offer in for eight hundred grand, right? But you your buyer's like, "Hey, I would go up to eight fifty if I had to to buy this property, but I don't want to unless I have to." So, in the escalation clause you put in there, okay, I'm offering you eight hundred. I'll go as high as eight fifty if I have to beat another offer by a thousand bucks. Mm-hmm. So, which means, let's say, you no, know, we were outbid. By another buyer who's willing to pay 830, the escalation clause automatically moves us up to 831 to beat them by that grand when mm-hmm. we got the house. So the buyer would have went to 850, but we didn't have to, because we only had to beat somebody out by a grand and they're only at 830. Mm-hmm. So the buyers are happy they got it. They're paying less than what they thought. And it's kind of a way of negotiating your way up without like, you know, putting all your cards out there. Right. It's, you know.
0: Yeah, it's like um it's an addendum to the highest and best in the sense, right? Correct. Instead of going yeah. all the way to the top and being like, This is what I'm gonna pay and then having to pay it, you can kind of be a little bit more reserved. So and it probably helps overall in the whole market, you know, in the in general, then not everyone's, you know, paying too much for that property. Then, you know, their neighbor looks, oh, they got eight fifty. Well, really, you know, it should have been around the eight twenties mark, you know, so it probably helps everyone. How does that impact you guys, um, in, in the lending side with the appraisals and everything like that? Um, and that, ex- uh, escalation clause.
1: I mean, it's huge. First of all, that's why you use Chris Lecco right there, mm-hmm. because I haven't heard one realtor use the term escalation clause. And if you have somebody like that on your side, that's negotiating like mm-hmm. that, that's what you need to do. But back to your question, you have to coach your, buy- your your clients up front about appraisals and, you know, appraising low because housing prices are just going up so quick. Mm-hmm. So if you're not having that conversation up front and something happens when the appraisal comes in low, they're going to be in shock. They're not going to know how to handle it. They may back out of the deal. So, you know, if, if your lender, your realtor, they're on the same page and they're explaining these things up front. You're going to be okay, but mm-hmm. you almost have to know that going into the deal that there is a chance you going to appraise low. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to pay above ask? If not, yeah, you got you got maybe to wait them up front. T- mm-hmm. Maybe and wait till next year. I, I don't yeah. I don't know what to tell you on that. It's For a
2: lot of these people, this is a traumatic ex- experience, like a traumatic, you know, business it's deal. The, it's I mean, they take it so emotionally some in their people. entire exactly. life. Yeah. It yeah. is. It's and they're like nervous and they're kind of freaking out. Mm-hmm. And you know what's funny? I. S- Sold real estate for saw three or four years before I bought my first house. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I bought my first house and I was the actual buyer until I understood how these people were feeling. So right. Before I was like, I was like, these people are nuts. They're crazy. What's their problem? When I became the buyer, I was like, I get it. So now when I start, you know, getting that that vibe that they're freaking out, they're having mental issues, like whatever. Mm-hmm. I know how to coach them because I know what they're talking about. And uh, so you're not
0: a realtor; so you're actually a therapist.
1: I always say I'm I, a part-time I, oh, therapist. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I swear
2: it's. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I got the husband hats, calling me, wear. I got the wife calling me, you know, just, it's <laughs> unbelievable.
0: Oh, I could only imagine. So um, let's talk a little bit about refinancing. Obviously that's been huge right now, right? I'm doing um, it right now see how's the time to do it Ah, uh, the mark the the rates are so low right might as well capitalize it there's a lot of people that wish they could go get out you know let's say sell their house and you know go somewhere but supply is pretty low um and demand's high right so they're taking advantage of refinancing you can talk about it a little bit i mean obviously rates are changing on the daily so you really want we don't really want to discuss rates but um let's talk about refinance.
1: Absolutely. So. refinance. To refinance right now is one of the best times. We actually got great news from Fannie and Freddie that they were removing a 50 basis point hit to clients on doing a refinance. So not to dive too deep into rates, but let's say you were doing a $300,000 loan Mm -hmm. and there was a 50 basis point hit. That was a $1,500 fee. You, the client, was going to have to endure during that refi. Okay, so Fannie and Freddie just waived that as effective August 1st. So that's amazing news. Yeah. They waived that. Rates are low. So the two main reasons people are gonna refi are number one, to lower their rate. And then number two is to potentially pull out some equity of their home. So with the houses appraising so high and appreciating so much in value right now, people have tons of equity. Mm -hmm. If I were to tell you, hey, maybe you can't go out and buy a new home right now, but take some equity out of your house, pay off some of your debt, use that money to add a pool, add a bedroom, renovate your home to make it better for you. Yeah. It's a great time to do it. Low rates, appreciating values. And at least for us, you know, our underwriters are great. They've allowed us to be a lot more lenient post-COVID. So we're able to close loans in 30 days. That's awesome.
0: So what I'm getting at here, or what I'm hearing, I guess, uh, would be a better way saying it is, you know, refinance, take some money out, right? Put in the um, features that you'd want. And then if you guys think this, as the market continues to go up, because I don't really think demand is going to go away anytime soon, especially down in Florida. You know, that's the time because market go, you know, then your, your house is worth more. Is that something that you would agree with LACA or? Oh um, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is, is, do you see people <clears throat> doing that? Do you see people taking advantage of it?
2: Well, cause I'm doing it right now. I mean, that's just it. So I mean, I mean, I bought my house a year and a half ago at a great rate. And typically your cash out refi rates always higher than if you had to go, you know, buy a house brand new, like from the start. Right. But I'm refinancing the exact same rate and I'm pulling all this equity out of the house I don't have any real need for it, but my mentality is like, hey, how often can I borrow and leverage this asset right. at this kind of rate? So I'm just going to go put the money on the side, wait for the next investment opportunity to come along and use it then. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, to me, it, it's it's – you got to use it. It's there. Mm -hmm. And
1: and one of the things I tell people too, is let's say you were going to take the equity of the home at let's say a 3% rate (coughs) and you were going to invest that into the market. Do you think you're going to earn a higher rate of return versus the 3% you're paying on the mortgage? Mm -hmm. Chances are the answer Mm -hmm. is yes. So yeah, I mean, if you have the equity, it's, it's one of the best times to ever do it to refinance. Unless you get into
0: crypto, right? I'm just kidding. That's (laughs) a whole other I think Dogecoin is at
1: 15 today. Uh, Yeah, I don't even know. My thought is, too, like, if you can
2: (laughs) borrow against the house and then, you know, pay down other debts, like you said, like whether, you know, you want to, you know, pay off the car or, like, your toys or whatever, I'd rather leverage the house and have everything, you know, owned free and clear because I can write off the interest on my house. I can't write off, you know, the interest on my car payment or a boat payment or whatever payment I have. The house is what I can write off. So I'd rather just leverage that. On everything else, free and clear, and to me, that's the best investment move you can make. Hundred percent. Why pay interest, you know, on something if you don't have to.
0: Mm -hmm. And and that kind of goes back to best advice my dad ever said was, you know, pay cash, you know, for everything, pretty much except a house. You know, he said, if you can't, if you can't pay cash, don't buy it almost, you know, for all the toys and all the other stuff. And, and, but that's exactly what you're saying, you know, and, and get, get out of that. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a depreciating asset, right? Well, there's
2: good and bad debt, right? To me, mortgages
1: is a good debt. Cause like I said, you can write off the interest.
0: They're making more cars. They're not making more land.
1: Well, that's just it. It's true. Mm-hmm. You know. And another thing a lot of people are doing, especially a lot of the wealthy clients, you know, I see coming down here, buying secondary homes or investment properties is to win the offer. They're going to buy the house all cash. 90 days after the deal closes, they're yep. going to do a cash out refinance, get their money back out. They don't have to stress. They still got the house, mm-hmm. but then they're going to get their rate, you know, at a super low rate and get all their money back while still winning the bid on the home. Yep. That's a very popular yeah, thing. That's right happening all the time.
0: You know, like 3%. I mean, that's not much historical right? lows. I yeah. mean, you think about back in the day and you hear what our, you know, our, um, our Parents, fathers 15%, or grandparents, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like think about 16%, that. 16%. Yeah. yeah. Think about that. 15% to borrow money, right? Like right. that's unheard of. Yeah, so but
2: how much money was your money making in the bank at the same time? Exactly. Your money is you sitting in your savings accounts making nothing. <laughs> yeah. So, Even so it's all relative, yeah. I guess, but yeah.
0: <laughs> how many times do you hear that someone says, well, market's pretty hot. I'm going to go get my real estate license, right?
2: Huh. Every day. Every day. Every one of my what? clients I sell or, uh, buy, or buy or sell a house with, oh, you made it look so easy. I'm going to go be a realtor too. I'm like, huh, have fun with that. Right. What, what's that I saying? make it they look say, too easy.
1: As soon as you come through the border in the state of Florida, they give you a real estate license? Two things. Yep. <laughs> it's required.
0: It's Florida, Florida, Florida law. You come down, driver's license and, and real estate license. So right. what are you doing that sets you apart? But also, what would you recommend to these newer agents?
2: So it, integrity is definitely everything. So, and also you need to maintain a really good rapport with all the other realtors you come across. I mean, I must admit, like in the very beginning, I, I feel like it was always like this, like battle, like who's going to do the best for their client, no matter what side you're on. Mm-hmm. I quickly figured out like there's no need to fight or it's, it's not a battle. Right. At the end of the day, we all have the exact same end goal. We right. want to close a deal. We want to make sure our clients are happy. So th- as soon as I kind of figured that part out and started, you know, working with these other realtors, you know, maintain the good rapport. And now as time has gone on, I mean, it's been 12 years, I'm working with some of these realtors, you know, two, three, four, five times, like over yeah. and over and over again. And these deals with them are like on autopilot, right? Like it's just easy. It's like, I know they're good. They know I'm good. We just, we never even talk to each other on the phone. Everything's just email quick. Okay. Done, done, whatever mm-hmm. deals closed. Good. Moving on to the next one. Love it. So that's super important. And also, you know, same thing with your customers as well. And your clients, you know, I, I found myself coming across times where my client's upset over something in the deal. It wasn't anything I did, whether it's, you know, there's so many things that could go wrong, but they look to you to be the problem solver, have the solution. Don't get flustered. Like just deal with it. Even if it costs money out of your pocket, so what? So every time, I mean, every now and then I have to do something, you know, a couple hundred bucks there, you know, whatever. As long as they're happy, that will, a couple hundred dollar extra investment I made to fix the problem it's come back to me tenfold because they're oh, yeah. happy. They refer me all their friends, their family. When they want to buy or sell again, they're calling me mm-hmm. every single time because I made that so easy. And my goal is just to make sure they're happy. Right. So that's number one. So I mean, customer don't, don't service, ste- right? Oh, customer service. Don't step over dollars to pick up pennies. Like, yep. look at the the, the long term.
0: So don't check. Don't chase the check, which a lot of realtors do, right? They're yeah. usually, oh, I don't know where I'm going to pay, you know, rent or pay this or bills or whatever, and they're chasing that check. You know, and they forget that the only way they're going to get those checks, if I'm correct here, is by the relationships that they're, you know, Mm -hmm. they're helping during that process.
2: I figured out you could do 99% of that deal flawlessly, but if 1% goes haywire, the only thing they remembered was that 1%. Mm -hmm. So you need to fix that 1%. Yeah. I I remember (laughs) we went to a final walkthrough. I mean, the carpets look great. Like when, when we went to contract, these carpets were trash when they moved out. Like, I don't know what happened or eat the beds or someone died or whatever. The carpets were atrocious. Unfortunately, it's cosmetic and they're freaking out. I'm like, look, you know what? We'll get a quote. I'm going to buy you new carpets. Don't even worry about it. Just got to keep it moving. I want you happy. And guess what that did? I got easily, you know, five to 10 extra leads out of those people. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: That's why Cause I fixed to that Chris 1%. Right. There,
2: right. I fixed that 1% problem.
0: Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. It was probably a 5% at that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All the floors. It's true, but, but, yeah. Yeah. but you fixed it. But don't you look at it right. that way. Right. No, you can't exactly. be like, oh,
2: it's a lot of money. Be like, no, oh, it's, that's what you got to do. Five to
0: 10 deals. I mean, I've known a mathematician, but five to 10 more deals, I can guarantee the commission on those were a lot more mm-hmm. than some new carpets. All right, uh, Ty, let's talk a little bit here. You know, uh, if they can't get into real estate, um, their next best is, well, I could take a piece of the pie or I could um, try to try to dabble with these paperworks. I'm good with numbers. Uh, I'm going to get my mortgage uh, license <laughs> okay. or become an LO, right? So um, what's your thoughts on that? First of all, uh, for someone that is maybe getting into the business, uh, also someone that has already been in the business for maybe a year or so, and, and what would you recommend?
1: First of all, no one ever goes to college to become a loan officer. <laughs> <laughs> There's no million-dollar listing for loan officers. There's no glamorous, sexy lifestyle. Josh mm-hmm. Altman isn't out there for <laughs> loan officers with his own Bravo or East TV yeah, show. So right, right, right. That could be a great next show, though. Million-dollar producer for loan officers sitting behind <laughs> all the desk. I was just going to say computers. Doing FHA loans. Ooh,
0: what kind of monitors do you have? What <laughs> computer do you have? I mean, all, loan officers What's I <laughs> in, all the loan 10.
2: officers I know are just as crazy as this realtor,
0: so oh, I mean, that would be a yeah. great show. That would be. <laughs> Uh, you guys sit behind computers all day. But
1: you, well, you know what? There's going to be way less loan officers than realtors because the loan officer test is much harder than the real estate <laughs> exam. Mm-hmm. No, I, it's true. It, I, it's I, I'll, I won't fight you on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. So, you know, if you're a new loan officer, number one, you have to take a 20-hour safe course. So you're going to have to be committed for 20 hours. Then on top of that, if you're not a good test taker, they purposely make this state licensing or national licensing exam mm-hmm. to trip you up. Mm-hmm. It is tough half the stuff I don't even remember from the test cause you don't use it in your day to day, you know, job as a loan officer. So yeah. once you pass the test, you're a licensed loan officer. If you really want to be successful, you have to be visible. Right. You have to be out. You have to be networking. Mm-hmm. You have to be meeting guys like Chris. Hey Chris, do you want to go play golf? Do you want to grab yep. a drink? Do you want to do all these things?
0: Wait, so you don't just call them and say, can, can I own your business?
1: You know, with Chris, I was lucky to be able to do that. (laughs) But um, no, you know, people, I'm not a Wells Fargo or a Chase or Quicken's Loans. I don't Mm -hmm. spend millions of dollars a year on marketing. Mm -hmm. People go to me because of referrals, because they like to do business with me, because they know I'm going to be available. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have to have a good sphere of influence. You have to be visible. You have to be able to handle stress. Yep. And you have to be able to be committed to your job Mm 24-7. You know, a lot of deals get done on the weekends after 5 p.m., so if you're one of those people that isn't going to answer their phone on the weekend, this job's not for you. For sure. He doesn't it, work
2: banker's hours. He's right. like us. That's why we like him so much. Right. And, w- and you have to, right? He's not stress, stopping. Yeah. Why would you be able to? Exactly. Right? If
1: you can't handle stress, um, this job's not for you. But I love this job because you're able to do things. You're able to help out you know, clients and ach- help them achieve the biggest purchase of their life. You know, Give them a home for their family. And, and it's fun doing it. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely the best career choice I ever made.
0: Tyler, I first want to talk to you. Obviously uh, you're the, uh, the old fart in the way, even though you're what, like a couple of years older (laughs) than I was not, yeah, not very much, but uh, you got the dad role. So you got the the little kid at home, you know, uh, that you have to balance that. So, so how do you balance that work life?
1: So I'm very fortunate in the fact that my wife, Carly is in the real estate industry as well. She owns a title company. So she understands my life. She understands the balance, what I need to do to be able to get jobs done. Um, so one, you got to have a good support system, which I have. Number two, you have to have a schedule. When I come home, there's, you know, a, an hour or two that I know that I'm only going to spend with Lincoln because he's the most important thing to me. Mm-hmm. He's my real, you know, he's my number one job. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, works great and having the balance is good. But if I can't put time to him, there's right. no point for me to even work. Mm-hmm. You know? So the support system, the schedule, um, and then just, just realizing when you have a bad day at work, can't bring that home to him. No, you know you got to make sure you're mm-hmm. present with him because like I said, he's the most important thing. So.
0: Right. You got not kids, but you got a couple, uh, little pups Don't at home, right? You're going to go there. Oh yeah. Dogs. Those
1: dogs are your kids, right? Oh yeah. yeah th-
0: Come on. The Chihuahuas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> two Chihuahuas. They're awesome. They're actually good dogs. Now you rescued them both, right? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So, um, all right. So, dogs, family, love it. Besides that, we got a golfer in the room. Golfer for sure. If you're boating, in different things. And
1: you're not playing golf or boating, you're, you're wasting. Your I know. I wish I liked golf. I just don't. I know the patience. we're.
2: Gonna gonna get Chris I was out
0: gonna, gonna say we're gonna get him out there. Chris is gonna get One out of these
1: there these days. And I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I'm not going to let him beat me just because we do business together. I'm going to take it to him. 100%. Oh, I'm going to do If you want me to play it. again,
2: you should at least let me win once. No, that's not happening. We're man. not going <laughs> to let you win. <laughs> All right, fine. I'm going to drive the golf cart then. You're going to
0: have a, a beverage and uh, drunk drive the, yeah, the it's golf cart. It's
1: card. the only sport you could drink during the whole time. You I know. Oh, 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 i love it, huh? (laughs) Gee, thanks. (laughs) Now, we
0: uh, we have someone that likes the outdoors, and I don't know how you do it, because if you guys don't know, Chris Luck has got the reddest hair, so you've got to burn pretty (laughs) quickly. You're always on the boat, man. So boating is like your passion, huh? If you're not selling real estate, are you boating 24-7 or what?
2: I love the boat. I grew up on boats, Mm -hmm. so it's just like second nature. Mm -hmm. That's my happy place. It is. I get on the boat, start driving, start going. All my friends are on the boat. It's my happy place. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's what I need.
0: So Chris, uh, we'll talk about some music here with you first. Um, What's your favorite genre?
1: Wait, can I answer that for him? (laughs) Of course. The loudest house music you can find. Okay, so house or (laughs) techno. Which one is is it? More bass, the better for Chris. Like if you can't hear yourself think or speak, that's where Chris wants to. I'm
2: the guy up near the speaker in the front just like feeling it like, ah, this is
1: great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. So I have to ask, what is the difference from house and techno? You, hey, you want to answer have, the question? You can no answer idea. that. I don't know.
1: I was going to ask you that.
2: question. I don't know
0: either. We're going to have to do techno to is actually.
2: like just more like consistent, I guess, and more like I don't know, robot music. So I house don't know. like
0: drops and stuff.
2: Yeah, like more like there's a lot of different types of house music. I mean, you know, like like
1: he's a, he's a deep. House I don't know. I I'm like a,
2: You're a deep house, right? Yeah. I I like it all. All right. Except uh, that dubstep, that scratchy stuff. No. No.
1: No way. <laughs> I don't know how someone. No. All right. Speaking <laughs> of stuff you
0: don't like. Would you, if you had to, if you got stuck for the rest of your life only listening to one genre, and you could only listen to country music on repeat or death metal, which one would it be?
1: Country, country, one hundred
2: percent. Country. I think, gosh,
0: coming from the Midwest, I was like, if you guys say death metal right now, don't get me wrong, some screamo music while I'm in the gym all day long, right? Like I, I can get to, get down to that, but country music's so relaxing and whatnot. So
1: I've been stuck in a, in a. Room in college for a fraternity where death metal was on for seven days straight. So I still, I'm still scarred from that experience.
0: All right. So uh what's the dumbest thing that you have purchased in your life?
1: A boat. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I love the That's boat. That's the most expensive uh, thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's the dumbest the thing I ever bought. Come back to me. You go. The dumbest thing I ever bought? Shoes shoes i spent a couple thousand dollars on a pair of jordans before oh yeah that was where you, you wear them one time you scuff them, and you're like well there's two thousand dollars but oh, i'm man. one of those guys i don't collect them i actually right. wear them mm-hmm. but i don't think any pair of shoes is really worth two thousand
2: dollars. no definitely not it hurt,
1: it hurt when i did it but yeah never again so what
2: about you you know i don't know i feel like i'm a, i was like always watching my dollars on my pennies so i feel like i always think about everything i do purchase wise even Such though I'm like even though I'm like well very type A, like I'm, <laughs> I am definitely like sporadic and things like that but I feel like I've already thought about it ahead of time so yeah. I I don't know what to tell you on that one
1: $5000 bottles of tequila that were gone in 30 minutes that might have been No
2: that 000. was a memory it was a great time okay so there you go <laughs> wait, you were th- wait, you
0: were both there I so was I don't was know what say, you're say, planning you complaining know, about that was your birthday right <laughs> uh yeah so uh how could you ever top like 30th birthday
1: Chris's birthday was like his 21st week long celebration mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's one of the best realtors I know, but I think he's a better party planner than he is a realtor. I don't know. I saw uh, his stress
0: come out a couple of times during it. If
1: Anybody went to his realtor appreciation party. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a low key thing. You know, some wine, some hors d'oeuvres. Yeah. There's a robot blowing smoke out Mm -hmm. with techno lights and a full DJ.
2: Said Chris Lecca across his chest was so cool. Oh my Lights like going across his chest. So what you're saying
0: is you need to use Chris Lecca. As a realtor, so they get invited to his parties. 100%.
1: Mm-hmm. And if there's somebody that could throw a better party out there than Lecca, I want to meet them and I want to get invited <laughs> to that party. <laughs> right, Please. exactly. Plus one.
0: All right. Um, well, I have to ask you, Tyler. All right. Last thing you got to tell me the best
1: dad joke. The best dad joke. Okay. I have a good dad joke for all you. Right, you. All guys right. All right. I'm sitting down. How do you weigh a millennial in Instagrams? <laughs> 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 I like
0: that. That was good. <laughs> oh, that was
1: that was I like that. Don't say t- you can steal that from me. I might <laughs> have to use, use that, that one. one. <laughs> oh, Instagrams. All right. Love
0: it. All right. Speaking of that, let's uh let's move uh, I really appreciate you guys being on here. Um, speaking of Instagram this podcast was is going to be recorded it's going to be on instagram it's going to be on facebook every social media you can possibly imagine so be on the lookout youtube whatnot so um anyways as always southwest Florida real producers is beyond fortunate to be working with such amazing people like you 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 both um and we can't uh, wait for the next one so thank you guys so much for having us it's been an absolute pleasure thank you Andrew. for having us all right see you guys in the next one